It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Authorities are investigating a possible arson that slightly damaged a Sitka playground on Saturday night. But the Crescent Harbor playground remains open to the public while officials investigate. Dispatchers received a call from a bystander shortly before 11 p.m. Saturday that a piece of plastic equipment had caught fire. A Sitka police officer who was on scene reportedly extinguished the small fire shortly before firefighters arrived at Crescent Harbor. Sitka fire engineer Zach Carlson says a burnt pile of clothing underneath the equipment is thought to have been the fire's origin. It appeared to have been set intentionally, and the incident remains under investigation. Damage was minor. Michael Colliver with the city's Public Works Department says a large rocking raft made of composite plastic had been scorched. It was one of the two units on the playground that is accessible to people with disabilities. Colliver says it was fortunate responders arrived quickly before the fire had a chance to spread. The rocking raft and ramp cost around $30,000. Colliver says the city is seeking a cost estimate that's expected to be a few thousand dollars. The playground was built in 2018. It cost around $800,000 and was largely paid through grants and private donations. An act of arson by teens in 2017 destroyed Juno's playground at Twin Lakes. It was a total loss. Unalaska has recorded remarkably high paralytic shellfish poisoning, or PSP, levels in recent years. Concentrated levels of PSP can be deadly to humans, but there's not much data on how the toxins that cause PSP spread through the larger food web. A group of biologists from the United States Geological Survey recently visited Unalaska to collect bird and fish samples to test for the toxins. As KUCB's Maggie Nelson reports, they're hoping to learn more about the connections between recent seabird deaths and high PSP levels. When you mention paralytic shellfish poisoning, or PSP, most people think of mussels or clams. That's because eating those animals can be deadly if they have high PSP levels. But PSP doesn't just affect mollusks and humans. Sarah Shane is a wildlife biologist for the United States Geological Survey. She's interested in how saxitoxins, which cause PSP, make their way through the food chain, starting with warm ocean waters, moving to mussels, and all the way up to seabirds. We don't really know how this toxin moves through the food web, so there's still a lot of unknowns, but the more information we can collect about it, the more we'll understand it. Shane visited Unalaska in July to collect samples of seabirds and fish to learn more about how the toxin travels, specifically where it gets magnified or diminishes. She says this project started about five years ago when a major heat wave hit the ocean and an estimated million birds died from Alaska down to California. Because there have been more and more marine die-offs in the last several years than have ever been reported. Um, These large bird mortality events happen periodically through time, but the rate, the magnitude and duration and extent of them has really increased since about 2015. Researchers found some levels of toxins in the birds from these major die-offs, but Shane says they didn't know what that meant for their overall health. So it was still unclear if algal blooms toxins could have had uh, played a part in their death. So the project has kind of expanded from there. She says very little work has actually been done to look at the saxitoxin levels in seabirds. 
Most people focus on invertebrates like mussels or clams and how those affect humans. Shane says Unalaska is a great place to gather more samples because of the uniquely high PSP levels found on the island over the past couple years. The FDA sets 80 micrograms of toxin per 100 grams of tissue as the safe limit of consumption for humans. Around the beginning of July last year, samples of blue mussels collected in Unalaska showed toxin levels that were more than 100 times higher than that safe consumption limit. Those are levels that make us interested in and figuring out what's going on in the whole food web. Shane and her team want to discover if these toxins play a role in the recent record-breaking bird deaths and to see whether they transfer to seabirds in higher levels or not. Sometimes it can be tricky to trace samples back to the same algal bloom or toxins, Shane says. But it was pretty simple to make those connections in this recent sampling in Unalaska. But in this case, everything looks to be super connected. The mussels are filtering in the plankton. <laughs> that we're collecting right offshore. The fish are eating the plankton, the birds are eating fish, and they're all in the same system. Shane and her colleague Daniel Donnelly, another biologist on the team, collected samples of various fish, including sand lance and Pacific sandfish, as well as species of seabirds like horned puffins and black-legged kittiwakes. Donnelly says collecting all of those in a matter of about a single day a was pretty hectic. We're collecting a lot of different samples in pretty rapid succession, so you have to be able to switch gears and say, okay, now we have to get a zooplankton toe out. All right, well, the zope toe's out. Well, we need to prep jars and bags and label up all this other stuff because all these data... Donnelly is an avid hunter and shot some of the live birds to bring back to the lab to study. Others were collected from local fishermen who found and froze dead puffin, for example, after a recent die-off. Shane says collecting and tracking data in a place like the Aleutians, where there are few scientists, can be tricky. But getting help from locals is a useful way to keep track of marine behavior and things like strange die-offs. She says people can call the Marine Stranding Network or find contacts through the Alaska Harmful Algal Bloom Network if they notice something strange. Shane says they're hoping to have some of the samples from this trip analyzed by the end of this year. In Unalaska, I'm Maggie Nelson. Researchers have identified the killer whale that beached itself on Prince of Wales Island Thursday and later freed itself. Now, the team behind the identification explains why the process of naming and identifying whales is so important. KRBD's Molly Lubers has the story. T-146D. That's the name of the killer whale that was recently live-stranded on Prince of Wales Island. It may not roll off the tongue, but that identifier is significant, says killer whale researcher Jared Towers. It allows us to keep track of the whale after the stranding, and that may be among the most important parts of identifying animals like this. The whale hasn't been spotted since it freed itself on Thursday. Or at least, no one has seen it and identified it as T-146D again. But Towers says the documentation matters. He works for Canada's Department of Fisheries and Oceans and is also part of a team of researchers called Bay Cytology. He led a team that compiled a photo identification catalog of West Coast transient orcas, also known as Biggs killer whales. There's over 300 of them. They're the ones that are typically seen from Alaska and further south down to the lower 48 off the west coast of North America. The man who identified the beach orca is Tower's colleague, Gary Sutton. 
Sutton says the eye patch of the whale was fairly distinctive, alerting him that might be T146D. It's got a big kind of hook on the front and comes in. It it's, sets her apart from a lot of the rest. But to be sure, he says he checked multiple photos of the whale against the catalog. Though he used feminine pronouns to refer to T146D, he says the gender isn't confirmed. It's mostly a guess based on the shape of the whale. But he says that they do know it's 13 years old. As for whether it will survive in the long term, there are some good signs pointing that direction, says Sutton. I was fairly optimistic because of the way it looked and the fact that there wasn't a significant amount of blood in the tide pool below it and seemed to be in good health. That said, contrary to some posts on social media, NOAA Fisheries says they have not confirmed if the whale has rejoined its pod. But Tower says there's a good track record of this species surviving the live strandings. Before this most recent stranding, he says five individuals from this population had been documented live-stranded over the last 20 years. All of them survived the initial stranding, he says, and four are still alive, as far as they know. They've all rejoined their families after stranding, and they've all gone on to survive and, and live normal, healthy lives. And the only reason we know that is because their identities were documented when they were stranded, and their identities were further documented. Towers says there are several kinds of killer whales along the West Coast, but all the live stranding events were Biggs killer whales, which he says like to hunt harbor seals in shallow waters. I don't think anyone knows exactly when this whale stranded or what those circumstances were, but I would make a wager that there was harbor seal hunting as the motivating factor. Still, there's a lot unknown about T-146D, including exactly why it's stranded. But because it's been identified, there's a good chance that the killer whale could be documented again, and researchers will know if it survived in the long term too. But no update on a snappier name. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Molly Lubers. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. Today, rain likely, highs in the lower 60s, southeast winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, rain, lows in the upper 50s, east winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tomorrow, rain. Rain may be heavy at times in the afternoon, highs 57 to 63, east winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. Good morning.